From the dawn of time, man has collected and shared stories. Many of those stories are inspirational. Some are haunting. And many of them are downright kooky. Welcome to Kooky Tales, a show where Rob and Susan discuss stories ranging from the supernatural to the downright bizarre and everything in between. Whether you prefer the dance macabre or doing the funky chicken, join us as we decide if these tales are spooky, full of dookie, or just downright kooky, here on Kooky Tales. weekend we're in recovery mode for podcast glitches we're back oh my gosh <laughs> episode two we're coming out of the we're coming out of the burn what do they call it the a fire burner no barn burner Is yeah we are coming out of a barn we're like the phoenix rising from the ashes sort of the first episode was on fire. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Or burned down? Well, something. We got some good feedback uh, for the first episode. Uh, a lot of people enjoyed the story, but more than that, people enjoyed your artwork from the stories. And uh, in fact, the one suggestion that I got from several people was they wish that we were doing the drawings not on a dry erase board but on paper so that your drawings could be framed and put on the wall behind us so we may have to have a uh, digital hall of fame maybe or something back there i'm not really not entirely sure what uh um what the ultimate uh solution for that is some people wanted it what do you got already coffee cup <laughs> oh are you going to Put the drawings on a coffee cup? Okay, so so many people asked for the dead baby coffee cup that I actually opened up a Zazzle account. And if you want to be the talk of the meeting, if you're still going into the office for meetings, get yourself a dead baby coffee cup. (laughs) (laughs) People look at that and be like, did your kindergartner make that for you for Father's Day? (laughs) That's a plug. That's our first... First, we're getting into the merch business. Can you honestly imagine? Somebody asked for this, and I'm like, I can make that happen. Oh, you know what? Hold on here. I've got our... Look at this. We're... There we go. We're mobile. <laughs> we're changing stuff on the fly. Get your dead baby coffee cups yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah, Thanks we're not really... Feedback. I don't know if we're merch friendly, per se, but we're, we'll we'll get some. We'll get some kooky tales um Mugs. We drink a lot of coffee. We are morning coffee drinkers. Um, so we used to make a pot of coffee. Remember that? Now we've got the old Keurig. Yeah. Just do the. <clears throat> then we do a couple of Keurigs each. Yep. <laughs> in the morning. Lazy. <laughs> All right. We're going to get into this week's kooky tale. I got a kooky one set aside for you. This is one of my favorite childhood tales. This is from the book I showed you last week. The. Strange Stories, Amazing Facts, The Reader's Digest book. This was a book that my parents had on their shelf. I used to borrow it. I would go out and get it from the living room. I started reading it way too early. I was an early reader. And so even at the like kindergarten, first grade, I would go through this. I didn't understand everything, but a lot of these stories had pictures. And this story in particular had a picture that haunted me. This There's a picture associated with this that gave me nightmares as a child, this is a story that has stuck with me my entire life. What the heck? Yeah, it's a, it's a crazy one. And uh, there's the story, and then there's the story behind the story 
that's even crazier than the story. So there's a lot of stories. <laughs> and instead of stories, you might say they're kooky tales. Well, I'm gonna go. So welcome to the three hour. They're kooky tales. <laughs> I go into my own. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These tales are kooky. Yeah. <laughs> I've been doing that to Susan in the car. All right. But before we get started, this story has a paranormal twist to it. There's a term that I have never heard before called thoughtography that will come up. Now, in this sense, it was. A, a person who was had maybe psychic powers and was seeing things and possibly projecting images onto something else. We obviously don't have the, we have a, um, our budget was zero and now we are $30 in the hole because uh, if you notice the great new angles that we have uh, for the camera that we fixed since episode uh, one, uh, that's because we bought a couple of uh, tripods, ring tripods, so our current budget is negative 30. <laughs> and I'm going to charge you a dollar every time you do that. So, so far we're at negative $32. Negative two turkeys. <laughs> so we don't have a budget for uh, a lot of high-tech special effects, things like that. Can't do uh, true paranormal research. But what I have is a picture here on my laptop. I'm going to look at this picture. And using our psychic powers... You're going to draw the picture without seeing it. Make sure you, you can't see. I can't see. You're going to draw the picture I'm looking at. Now, a true psychic would not need a hint. Uh, you know, I, I, it's like a, you know, a, a psychic experiment. I would say, like, hey, I want you to pick a number, and you go, give me a hint. Well, then, then, then you're not a psychic. <laughs> if, if you need a hint, you're guessing. But I will give you a hint at this. This is a photograph that I took. So this is not of a place. Uh, you were with me when I took this photo. So uh, this is not of a place you've never been to. This is not something you've never seen. This is uh, a photograph that I took. You were with me. It's on our server. On my server, I have 100,000 digital photos. Yeah. Uh, and it is one of those. So I'm going to look at this photo. And we're going to give you about 10 seconds. I actually, I want you to just, I'm going to start thinking of... I'm sending you the photo. I'm staring at the photo. I want you to receive the photo. Okay, draw draw this picture. I probably should have queued up some Jeopardy music or something. Jeopardy may get us kicked off of YouTube, so Well, this I see this picture so clearly <clears throat> in my head, I'm sure it's it. We have a psychic we've been married a long time. We have been married a psychic uh, really psychic connection. Time. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> this is great, great video. Even better for the audio people. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing for them to see. Right. Just know that I'm drawing this picture, and I'm going to go ahead and explain it to you now. When Mason was like less than two, um, Rob already had him playing video games when we were little kids, when he was a little kid. And we have this, actually, there's a video that Rob made, but, um, this is a picture of Mason as like a little toddler. Like he was walking, but barely, and he is laying in the floor playing some kind of car racing video game. And I see that picture so clearly in my head. I know that's what you're looking at. Why does our son only have one eye? He's laying on his face. 
because I don't know how to draw a kid who's like on his dick. This is how you see people play video. They just lay on their face, face he, down. He was laying in his floor, in the floor, but I don't know how to show a kid propped up in the floor. So you get what you get. You don't throw a fit. It's because he was on a beanbag when that no, happened. No. Anyway, that's the picture. 100%. Right. Well, this is the picture I was looking at. Let me go ahead and bring this up for you. Uh, it is not <laughs> our son playing uh, video games in the floor, although I do remember oh. that. This is Diana Dizer. Yes. I don't know if you remember when we met Diana Dizer. Uh, Diana Dizer is the woman who was making a grilled cheese sandwich and found the image of the Virgin Mary on the grilled cheese sandwich. You can see Diana right there. She kept that sandwich for 10 years and then put it on eBay where it was purchased by GoldenPalace.com. I don't know if you remember, that was a yeah. gambling website, an online gambling website that was purchasing lots of things for, for publicity. They purchased the grilled cheese sandwich for $28,000. And uh, then they put her on the tour circuit. So we went to the state fair one year. They were having a officially sanctioned grilled cheese eating contest, if you remember. Yeah. And uh, and so Diana was there. What you got there for us? It's the Virgin Mary. Susan has drawn the grilled Virgin cheese sandwich, which might be heresy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what is the grilled done? cheese sandwich? So go figure. Right? It's like an emoji on a cracker. <laughs> That's what you're doing. Hence the Virgin Mary grilled cheese sandwich. That's what it looked like. It did kind of look like that. I'll pull that back up for you again. So uh, she was touring with uh, four Golden Palace. You can see in this photo, she's got a Golden Palace hat. Uh, they also had the grilled cheese sandwich uh, in a, like a secure briefcase. And if you look real close, there's the bite she took out of it. The story was she made the grilled cheese sandwich, took a bite out of it. And then while she was eating the first bite is when she noticed the Virgin Mary. Now, there is a reason that I chose that photo. It'll come up later in the episode, but let's get started with this week's kooky tale, which has many names. Uh, it is referred to as the House of the Faces. It is referred to as the Belmez Faces. Sometimes it's called the Faces of Belmez, La Casa de la Cares, or sometimes Cares. De Belma. Caras is Spanish for uh, cars. No, it's, it's Spanish for, <laughs> for, for faces. You, have you ever um, read the Amityville Horror book? I have. Okay. So in the Amityville Horror book, they talk about the um, house having a face on it. Yes. There you go. That's the Amityville Horror House. <laughs> the house of many faces. Not to be confused with the Amityville Horror House, which is different. <laughs> Different house. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm going to read you the story as it appeared in the Reader's Digest book, this book that I showed last week, Strange Stories, Amazing Facts. It was published in 1976. This is the story as it appeared in that book. It was about half a page. It's not very long. Okay. But it also had a photo. So after I'm done with this, I'm telling you this kooky tale, I'm going to tell you the photo, and then I'm going to tell you the story behind the story, which is even crazier, if that's possible, than the story. In the book, the title of the story was called Ghost Faces on the Kitchen Floor. It appeared on page 390 of the Reader's Digest book. Strange Stories, Amazing Facts. 
An elderly woman and her infant grandchild were sitting on the kitchen of their village home when suddenly the child cried out excitedly. The innocent eyes of the child had seen nothing more than a diverting new game, but it was a game that terrified the old woman and developed into a mystery for which scientists, despite every test, have yet to, have yet to unable find any natural explanation. That's an awkward sentence. It happened in the village of Belmez, not far from the city of Cordoba in southern Spain, on a hot morning in August of 1971. What the child had seen was a human face that had spontaneously imprinted itself on the pink floor tiles, a face with troubled features, definitely sad. No recognizable pigment of any kind had formed the image, and when the family tried to rub it out, they were horrified to find that the eyes only opened wider and the expression grew even more sorrowful. Alarmed and bewildered, the owner of the house tore up the floor and replaced the sinister tiles with concrete. But three weeks later, a second face emerged, this time with even more clearly defined features. The affair had taken a turn beyond the grasp of the simple village folk, and now the local authorities became involved. They ordered a section of the floor where the faces had appeared to be cut away, and official inquiry began. Workmen dug the floor up, uncovering the remains of a medieval cemetery. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, a third apparition took place, then a fourth, then a series of faces altogether. The kitchen was locked and sealed. Four more faces, including that of a woman, not just any faces, but the face I, of a Hey, I knew that was going to happen. There's a woman right there. See? The oh, lips. you got to hold those close so you can... Uh, mm. Those are some faces. That's not quite what the faces look like. Uh, but they're close. Uh, more faces, including one of a woman, appeared just as mysteriously in another part of the house. But then, those were the last... The phenomenon melted away as inexplicably as it had begun. All this time, the curious apparitions had attracted many kinds of experts to the house. Even the most cynical of them were unable to prove that the images were the work of human hands. Their puzzled or their puzzlement was enhanced by the evidence of ultra-sensitive microphones placed at the house. This is the last part of the story here. These microphones recorded sounds not audible to the ear, voices speaking strange languages, agonizing moans matching the torment of the eyes and the faces of, on the floor. No one yet has come forward with a really satisfying explanation for the faces of Belmez. All the experts have been able to suggest is that the house was once the scene of some tragic and terrible accident or incident perhaps connected with some form of medieval witchcraft. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's that's what the scientists came up with. <clears throat> and for this, you have drawn a hairy ice cream cone. It's a microphone. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> and he's hearing, ooh, you said in foreign languages, right? Yeah. Ouch. Zutalo. <laughs> French. <laughs> 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 they were not French. <laughs> Just, oh yeah, it was Spain. It was in Spain. Dios mio. 
Now, uh, there were some uh, updates to this case on Wikipedia. There's a Wikipedia article that talks about this. Uh, there's there's new, slightly new information. Then there's a lot of new information, okay? Because this happened in 1971. The book was published in 1976. Okay. So it was five years after the event. Uh, on Wikipedia, uh, some of the details are different. First of all, there's no mention of this family having a grandchild or the grandchild being there. So, Ooh, ghost the, baby. The, <laughs> maybe it was the ghost baby from episode <laughs> one. Um <laughs> So that's kind of weird that the, the story changed, mm -hmm. right? Um, we do get the people's names, which we'll be talking about. Maria Gomez Camara uh, and her mm -hmm. husband Juan and their son Miguel. Okay. This story has, because everybody in this story is from Spain, there are a lot of, there's a lot of Juans, there's a lot of Miguels, there's uh, names that get reused over and over. It gets a little muddled. So I'll probably just tell you like people's roles. Like an investigator or, or something. But like Maria that. is the old lady. Maria <laughs> is the old, old grandmother mm -hmm. that is mentioned in the story. Yeah, she's kooky, and I can already tell you she's And her last crap. name is Camara, which is the female version of Camaro, which is a sweet last name. How do you solve a problem like Maria? In high school, my nickname was Jimmy Firebird. That is not what your high school nickname was. <laughs> That's true. She knew me in high school. Farty McFarty Pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, that's your middle age name. <laughs> I do a lot of podcasts by myself. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> How do you solve a problem like Maria Camaro? <laughs> it was Jimmy Firebird they called me. It was a sweet name. Hmm. Um, so anyway, the gist of the story on Wikipedia is the same, and that is that in August of 1971, this woman and her family saw ghostly faces on the floor. The faces changed as they tried to clean them up. Uh, eventually, they tore out their own floor. They first appeared on tile to get rid of the ghostly spirits. They destroyed uh, the floor, and they re-poured a concrete floor, but the faces came back. Many investigators, scientists, actual professionals have researched this case. No one, according to this article, according to the original story, no one has ever been able to solve the mystery of the faces of Belmez. Can we go back for a second, though? Except for a lot of people have solved the mystery of the faces of Belmez. Yes. What do you mean the faces changed when they washed it? That's... So the thing is that, by the way, I'm going to pull up a picture. Are you ready for this? Wait, wait, wait. Uh, I want you to draw what you think the faces look like first. Here we go. Oh, right here. You got it. Here's the before. Here's the after, right? <clears throat> so what was happening was... They, oh, <laughs> this is before. He's like, hey, how you doing? You know, and this guy's like, ah, quit washing my face. <laughs> Here's the thing. It wasn't, they were like, quit washing my face. It was, they were like screaming with terror because they were, it was like you were scrubbing their face away from existence. It's not like they didn't want to clean shave. It's like, quit washing my face. Right. So, 
there's a lot to get into, and we're going to go through it as fast as possible, okay? Mm-hmm. But uh, there, there were some investigations at the time, and there were two primary theories. And the first was a theory, a paranormal explanation that came up that was called photography, which is a word I've never heard used before. And photography was, A, a skill you don't have, B... It was the concept that a person with psychic powers could see something and project that image onto something else. And so the prevailing theory, one of the two prevailing theories, was that Maria Belmez had psychic power. No, not Maria Belmez. Uh, uh, Maria Camara. Uh, had psychic powers that she was somehow communicating with these souls that had been buried underneath her house and that she was seeing their faces and somehow projecting these faces onto the floor of her home. Photography. Okay. But you never showed us the picture. Don't show me yet though, because I want to show you what it looks like whenever she sends her brain powers to the floor tile. Because if I were going to waste my brain powers, I would definitely send my brain powers to the floor tile. (laughs) Okay. You ready? Uh, Hey, let me get the egg white. There's Maria, right? Uh-huh. And there's her brain waves going to a floor tile. Photography. Did, did you think she was a fish? What? She looks like a fish, like a snake head. It's Maria. Again with the one eye. She's turned this way. Or this She's way. She's turned some way, no? Anyway, that's not the point. The brain waves going to the floor tile. I mean, it's like she sneezed out of the back of her head (laughs) and something fell on the... That's odd. That's an odd photo. Okay, now you can show us the picture. All right. This is actual pictures of the faces that appeared on their floor. Okay, let's see. What? These are... What? Two of the faces of of Belmez, and I got to tell you, these pictures haunted my dreams as a child. If you what? look at that, yes, that's what was on their tiles. Um, the one on the left is one of the more famous faces. I believe it was like the second face that appeared. The one on the right is one that came later, like after they scrubbed and it was like showing pain and torment, like of their souls. Okay. Can I look at that one more time though? Wow. That is so <laughs> clear. It's just freaking kooky. Can you imagine if you saw that in your floor tile? No. The only, the again, photography is one of the two major um, theories at the time. The other major theory at the time was that Maria and or her family were painting these on their floor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't explain the faces changing, doesn't explain the faces moving, doesn't explain a lot of, of parts of the story, but a lot of people go ghost faces don't appear on kitchen tiles. Um, so there has to be a, a reasonable explanation for, oh no. Can you make that ghost side? Look, that's the one. You've drawn Fu Manchu. It's the guy. Look at this. Show the picture one more time. That's pretty good, huh? <laughs> what have you done? So if you want that on a coffee mug, <laughs> I, I, go, go back to that now. Hold on a second. 
That's a great coffee mug. All right. We're going to get into a lot. We've got to go fast because there's so much information on this story. <laughs> but um, there was an in-depth study that happened in 1971. If you re remember, this event also happened in 1971. Mm-hmm. In August of 1971. By the way, you've lost the lid of the marker in every episode in the first five to ten minutes. And you've done it again. I've done it again. You don't need it. Is it? Did you find it? Got it. I'm going to have to put that on a string. The um, Department of the Spanish Ministry of the Interior asked this guy, his first name is Jose. His name is Jose Luis Jordan. There's multiple Luises, multiple Jose's, a lot of guys. But the Department of the Spanish Ministry of the Interior asked this guy to head a commission to come in and look at what is happening on the floors. Uh, if you recall, the mayor of Belmez, after the second phases appeared, had people come into their house and cut tiles out of their floor and said, no, 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 we're going to take these to have them, uh, you know, studied. We're going to get to the bottom of this, okay? Um... Uh, because it was such a, a big case, right? But here's the problem with these cases, and this happens a lot. You see this a lot with UFO cases in Mexico. You see this a lot with paranormal stuff in Spain and certain countries is that they say whenever they have real scientists and they send people in to do these studies, a lot of times they have ulterior motives. And so you don't always get, um, what is this? Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> well, he just did it, all right. <clears throat> because they sent this guy in. And um, uh, here's a quote from his study. So, th again, this is within months of, of this happening. Uh, he said that uh, he detected, quote, pigmentation with a dark brownish substance and a mixture of soot and vinegar and, quote, the aggressive action of a chemical compound. Mm-hmm. This is from his report. With regards to the enigma of the chemical procedures, I solved it by discovering that this compound can be found in any drugstore by asking for a German product to remove concrete stains. The mystery that the images were invisible and uh, latent for some time has thereby been solved. Yeah, I mean, if you own a pool like we do, right, mm -hmm. there's this compound that we use called muriatic acid that you use to clean out your pool stuff. Yeah. And you get it at Home Depot. Right. So his theory at this time was that something was applied to the concrete and it didn't appear immediately. It's like the old, uh, I had a, uh, a magic book when I was a kid. I mean, the book wasn't magic, but it was a regular book that had <laughs> magic tricks in it. Right. Um, I had a magical book that just followed, floated, followed me around. And uh, there was a trick in it to impress your friends called ghost writing. And the way the trick worked was you wrote using, I just, I believe it said you dip a quill or something. So this might have been an old book, but you dipped it in lemon juice. Yeah. And then wrote on paper. And then you later you put it over heat. Yeah. Over a candle and it would slowly appear. Same concept. We did that with our Girl Scouts and it worked. <clears throat> you it put your Girl Scouts over a candle? Yeah, we roasted them slowly over a fire. <laughs> oh my God. Girl Scouts No, s'mores. we didn't. We made uh, uh, Disappearing Ink, I think is what it's yeah. called. Yeah, so, so the concept is the same. You do something and then later it slowly appears, right? Mm -hmm. But there's lots and lots of, of issues with this because 
Um, that was that was one, right? So they, they in uh, 1972 is the first official book. A guy goes and he says, I'm going to write a book about this. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Um, I love it. And this gives you just a tiny bit of insight about the kind of research that's done in countries like this about paranormal events. Uh, this fellow's name was Manuel Martin Serrano. He was a sociologist from the University of Madrid. And he wrote a, quote, laborious, <laughs> did a laborious study. I don't know if that means it's like he put a lot of work into it or it was to laborious to, to read. read. Yeah. <laughs> well, I worked for the government for a long time. I know about laborious. And he was a sociologist. And the name of his paper was Sociologica de Milagro. Milagro. Which Milagro is also a Mexican restaurant that we love. But yes. these translates to the sociology of the miracle. And by the way, if you've oh never had God. cheese at this place... Milagro. Milagro. Miracle. Um, they, uh, this is the first book written by a skeptic. So everybody that was doing research before totally bought into this thoughtography concept or whatever. He wrote a book um, which was the biggest study of the faces of uh, Belmez at the time. Mm -hmm. Here's a quote. It says, Serrano interviewed dozens of Belmez inhabitants but never mentioned anyone by name. So it could just be any random person. Or made up, who knows? But, yeah, so that's a problem. Like, if you're trying to do real psychic research, you can't just go interview people and not grab their name. That's not really how real research works, right? Yes, but hold on a second. <clears throat> yeah. God, doesn't cheese sauce sound good? <laughs> All we've been thinking about is cheese sauce since we've been on our diet recently. Milagros. Is that, uh, what's wrong with that guy? That's you. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you think I sit around like that? Well, you're eating cheese dip, so yeah. yeah. And I'm wearing a crown? That's your hair. Okay. And what's on my shirt? Exactly what you're wearing. A moon man and an MTV. Oh. Chips are the the key part here, though. You think... <laughs> By the way, I do want to point out that it appears I have chicken feet for hands. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, let's get back to the... Hey, guys. <laughs> um, it did say that what, what um, uh, Manuel wanted to do was study the sociology of the event, like how people were reacting to it and how it affected this town. Uh, and at the end, it says, this book is considered to be a contribution to explain the social dynamics of what he believed was a hoax perpetrated for financial gain. Right on. Okay. Mm -hmm. In the story, you remember that I said they sealed the house up and more faces appeared, right? Yep. Okay. The story behind that is in 1972, the local government said, we got to get to the bottom of this. And so they hired psychic researchers. They went to the biggest psychic researcher in Spain, he contacted a very famous psychic researcher named Professor, I love his name, Professor Hans Bender uh, from Germany and brought him in. Isn't there a guy in a cartoon <laughs> named Bender? There is Bender. Isn't he a <laughs> yeah. robot or something? He is a robot. Very good. Very good reference from Futurama. Um, and so, um, long story short, they came in and they said, here's what we're going to do. These faces, we think the faces are... Uh, 
we're going to rule out any possibility of, uh, of tampering or anything, okay? So basically, they laid down saran wrap on the floor. They put plastic all over the floor and left it for four months, and they left. They just sealed up one room in these people's house. The people were still in the house. And they left, and when they came back, they removed the plastic and said they had taken pictures before and after. Uh-huh. They said the faces had changed under the plastic. And not only that, but a lot more faces had appeared in other parts of the house where the people were staying. So was this a controlled experiment? Like, the people were not there anymore? No, they lived in the house while it was happening. Okay. Well, that's valid. Yeah. And so... (laughs) Is that Bender? (laughs) Professor Bender and his saran wrap. Right? It's not bad. Is that that the guy? That's pretty close to Bender. All right. Except for his arms are like this. <laughs> I am Professor Bender. Right. <laughs> also, do you know what um, Hans Bender was a professor of? Bending. <laughs> Bender, and you, I'm sure you don't know this, but Bender is, that's what he does. He bends things. That's why his name is Bender. Really? Yes. Oh. But uh, the Professor Bender was, uh, when he was finally cornered, uh, said, well, Professor's more of a, a childhood nickname. Yeah, because I call my kid Professor. Right. Professor. Well, normally we would do every time they would come in and they would be like, hey, I'm going to buy a $200 car and turn it into a race car. Good luck, Professor. Okay, yeah, we have done that before. We call our children Professor. (laughs) But more, I'm a sarcastic. (laughs) Nice turn, Magellan. Yeah. So, yeah, um, uh, not really a professor so much, okay? And what was kind of telling is that First of all, these guys did a four-month study, but they only went to, like, Professor Bender, Professor Bender, only went to Spain, like, three times. Like, he would show up on a weekend, and then they said he would go to the bar and party, and then he would go home. So, he did his study mostly remote, and when they came back, he said, oh, it's proof. These are these are definitely ghosts. This is definitely ghost faces, no doubt about it, 100%. And then he made a bunch of money off of it, right? He made a bunch of money off of it, okay. The first real scientific experiment we don't get is until 1993. Uh, The Journal of the Society of Psychical Research, and this was led by Luis Ruiz Nagues, decided, hey, maybe here's something we should do, is how about a chemical analysis of the faces? Yeah. They did a, um, they checked the chemicals, and they also did a IR, like an infrared scan of the faces. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The chemical analysis turned up three major components, zinc, lead, and chromium. Now, the zinc and the chromium are not particularly important, but lead, especially at that time and in that part of the world, would have been found in lead paint. Okay. When they did the the infrared scan, uh, and let me find this quote for you here. It says, through infrared photography, we saw... That this one had added pigmentation over the original appearance, and even the paintbrush bristles could be perceived. Of course, after that, we had no doubt it had been painted. Uh, yeah, duh. But, there's still a little leeway because they said, I mean, now the theory was, well, the original ghost face had appeared... But someone had gone and painted over it to make it more obvious, right? Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah, it makes sense. Zinc, lead, chromium. Painted. I want to point out that this paintbrush has the same hairdo as I had 
in the other photo that you drew of me eating cheese. I only have a finite set of art skills. <laughs> and so the same thing for my hair is also a paintbrush. Right. And Bart Simpson. Liz <clears throat> being the key point there. They painted it. I knew it. Not so fast. In 2014, they did the most advanced forensic analysis of this event. Uh, investigative journalist TV show, Cuarto Milenio. The presenter of that show is Iker Jimenez. Uh, he brought in uh, like a whole bunch of experts to try to do a chemical analysis, but a, a technical analysis of the entire thing. One of the people, uh, this uh, Jose Javier Grisinea, is a doctor in chemical engineering yeah, and a general manager of Medco. Mm -hmm. uh, they brought in another guy who was a forensic criminologist and a chairman of, uh, he, well, he's a director of the Spanish Institute of Applied Criminalistics. So they brought the heavy hitters in, okay? These guys all came into the house, they looked at the things, and then they gave their report. You ready? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to read this. After extracting samples from the faces under the house's own or the house owner's permission, they proceeded to analyze them and concluded that the images were not made with paint. And according to scientific knowledge and techniques employed by the analysts, there is no external manipulation or elements in the faces. They went on to say that they attempted to reproduce similar images through the variety of methods that had been considered valid in previous investigations, including but not limited to concrete solvents, hydrochloric acid, and silver nitrate, it was de uh, he declared failure in his attempt to replicate the faces, including, uh, or concluding at the end of the report, the word summarizing this opinion is absolute bewilderment. They brought specialists in. The specialists were not able to duplicate. And you believe they found Waldo? That's the chemical engineer. Oh, what's on his head? It's a hard hat. Oh. Makes him official. I thought his brain was exposed. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They brought in all these specialists, and essentially everybody said, it's impossible to do. Okay? Hmm. This is why this is such a crazy story, is because you have this event, you have people that came in that were like, this is obviously fake. Then you had people that came in, and they were like, this is obviously real. And then more people came in and said... This is so obviously a fake. And then you had people come in that were like, nope, we studied everything. It's obviously real. It's a weird, it's a weird story. In the meantime, is anybody making money off of this stuff? Well, yes. The thing is, they're not making a lot of money. Okay. And before I tell you the final overall picture of this, I want to tell you some of the changes that have happened in this story over the years. In that original story, you remember they said that they found bones? Oh, well, no, you said that it was, yeah, okay. They, they dug up the floor and they'd found bones. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Depending on what your source is, some sources say they found bones underneath their floor. Some people say that they found skeletons underneath the floor. And now a lot of stories say that they found four skeletons without their skulls. Okay. So that's a real pretty specific, but it's something that's, that keeps changing. Okay. Another change is 
they said that there was a, a cemetery under first it was bones then it was that the house was built on a cemetery um it's kind of weird you know what i mean like like why would that not be would that be locked down right um the last one i i read an article on the guardian and it said the most recent theory is that the faces belong to members of the Gomez family who were massacred during Spain's civil war. Okay. So now they're like, it's not just bones. It's not just headless skeletons. Now it's like specific people. Right. So it just, that's the thing about this story is that it's almost like a ghost tale. Like it keeps changing, changing, changing over time. Mm -hmm. And because it was such a small event in a small town, it's hard to get to the facts. Okay. The Gomez family, as in Gomez and Morticia Adams? Yes, that was his first name and last name. Check this out. Gomez I mean, Gomez. Wait, wait, wait. I actually think this is pretty good. Oh. But where did the skulls go? We've got... Oh. That's a, that's not bad. You know, from the side, I thought you were drawing Morse code. <laughs> but now that I see it... I thought their eyes were lower, but yeah, I do see that they're kind of... Their eyes were lower. They have no heads. Well, that's, their pelvises. That's I thought that was... Yeah. They're pillbi. Yeah. <laughs> at least... They have, yeah. they have ribs and vertebrae. And, it's not bad. You know? Yeah. They do have chicken feet, but you get in there. All right. <clears throat> we'll make an artist out of you, yeah. Okay. I listened to a podcast this week while I was researching this story. I believe it's called Strange Phenomenon. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. But it actually went into great depth and interviewed some of the people, the people that haven't actually investigated this. Not people that are replicating the original story, not people that are adding to the story or the myth, but people that actually did research, okay? Okay. Here's a factual account of what happened, and not only what happened, but the context of what happened. Okay. Uh, first of all, you have to understand that Belmez... Uh, is a very, very, very poor part of Spain. It's very poor, and it's very remote. There's no way... You don't go through Belmez on accident. I mean, if you imagine like a city, and then a road, a one-way road that goes, and then there's Belmez. So you don't go to Belmez by accident, okay? You have to actually want to go to Belmez. And Belmez had, at this time, a population of probably 5,000 people, mm -hmm. give or take, okay? Um... It said that Maria Camara was an old woman or whatever, but she was not an old woman. She was actually pretty young. Uh, she was, I believe, a widow and had multiple children. And she had married a much older man who also had children. Oh. This was really frowned upon during this time uh, in history, right? Because they, um, what is that? That's the Iberian Peninsula. What is that? It's where Spain is. And is that where Belmez is? I don't know, but it's just remote because it's, you know, on the Iberian Peninsula. If you're planning to use this to travel to Belmez, don't. <laughs> I don't believe that is. Please refer to Google Maps map. or the mapping <laughs> of map. your choice. So Maria was a widow, but she, she just looked old probably because she was freaking worn out. And married a widower. Who was much older. So at this time, first of all, that that was a very unpopular thing. And it would kind of was the social stigma of you're a woman who has 
no hope, no future, no plans. And so you've just married somebody to take care of your family. It's like the scarlet letter only. Yeah. 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 Um, So because of this, the people in her town did not like her. She was an unlikable, I mean, the situation made her unlikable. She was like a gold digger. Yes. It's what they were thinking. Like, oh, you know, she's just marrying this dude because she's got all these kids and she doesn't know what to do. Can we just go back to Maria? I ain't saying she's a gold digger. She ain't afraid of no ghost ghost. <laughs> oh, no. What is that? That's Maria. I... I still seem to think you think she's a snake. But now she's got the scarlet letter in for Maria. Uh, Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Deep cut. I mean, it's not that deep, but... I mean, I read, you know. (laughs) I just don't draw. So, (laughs) the... She's not popular, right? Yeah. Okay. She also goes around town telling everybody she's psychic. Which makes her... Even less popular with the people of this small town. They're like, here's the crazy gold digger lady who also thinks that she's psychic. Okay? Now, here's another part that is never mentioned in the stories, never mentioned in any part of this. There was a woman who, a year prior to this event, found a rock that looked like the Virgin Mary. And this lady became very popular in the town because this is Spain. This is a huge Catholic area. People like those types of miracles where you say there's a visage of the Virgin Mary and then they, everybody started going and hanging out with this lady and saying, can we see your special rock? Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Maria, she takes note of this. Okay? The, and that is a boy who fell down a well. That's the Virgin Mary rock. Oh, that's the Virgin Mary. <laughs> oh, I thought that was Maria in a tornado. <laughs> so, so here's the thing. Um, so Maria takes note, right? She's mm-hmm. like, hey, all this got kind of popular, okay? So one day, Maria is boiling pork fat in her kitchen, as one does. As we all do. Sure. And some of the pork fat splashed onto the floor. Okay. She didn't notice it. There wasn't anything noticeable about this. Okay. The next day she's sweeping the floor and sees where the pork fat landed and says, Hey, that looks like a picture of Jesus. She says, I think it's Jesus on my floor and it's a face and it has a beard. You know I mean? It's like a traditional kind of Jesus picture, right? I mean, maybe she was getting a little bit too close to the pork fat smoke. <laughs> Don't you think? We <laughs> okay. The, so the thing about this is she brings her husband and she brings Juan in and she goes, hey, look at this. Look at this. I think Jesus is on our floor. And Juan goes, uh, I don't see it. He is not into this at all. He oh, is like, hold on. I got a good one. Oh my gosh, I got a good one. Look. <laughs> it's the pork fat boiling in her inganga. Oh, oh, nice. Right? And then the Jesus tile. I mean, here's what I'll say. I actually know what this was. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> we're, 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 you're getting better. Yeah. There's the pork fat. There's um, old Jesus Cristo himself. Please don't. I am so sorry. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you're just doing it. You're I'm just like narrating. a court reporter, you know? Yeah, I'm pretty much a sketch artist. Yeah. So, <laughs> Can you um, everybody's like, I don't see it. And in fact, they brought in, they looked at, he took a picture of this and they looked at it and he goes, that what they figured out was this is part of a footprint that was in the ground, like in the, when the concrete of the tiles were wet, there's a footprint and it just filled in and it's, it's that same uh, condition that we talked about on the last episode where when you see things and you think you see a human face in it, mm-hmm. it's that. Like everybody was like, it's not Jesus, it's a footprint, okay? Okay, hold on just a second here. <clears throat> yeah. So, I get it. Rorschach test, right? It's like the power of right. suggestion. Yes. All this kind of stuff. She's wanting to see Jesus in things. Because she's already known that this lady down the street had a, a Virgin Mary rock. <laughs> I promise I will do something for the poor today. But that is... That was the time that Bigfoot met Jesus. <laughs> they made a cast of it. So, she's already looking for stuff, right? Okay, yeah. Okay, now here's, suggestion. Yeah. here's what you gotta know about the story. Okay. She leaves. She comes back the next day. And this is in her floor. The one on the left is in her floor. And now she's like, oh, Dios mio. There's a ghost face. Okay? Now, what's pretty much assumed at this point is that her children are playing a trick on her. Something. Okay. If, if she's not really doing it. Yeah. They used pork fat and soot and painted on the floor and painted a face because she's already looking on the floor for a sign and she's looking for faces. And so it's pretty much accepted that that's what happened is that the kids started playing a trick on her. And so that here's the takeaway though. The takeaway is at least in the beginning and she never fully admitted this, but at least in the beginning, she wasn't in on it. She's an innocent bystander. She's a person who wants to belong to this town, wants people to respect her, and thinks that she's already seen one miracle and knows how popular this other lady is because she had a miracle. Uh, what's irony or ironic is that at this time, the same year, they are having a um, a celebration called the Holy Lord of Life. And holy lord of life. What is that? It's the ghost face again. The power of suggestion. That's the power. That's Fu Manchu. Okay. But that's what she saw. Hold on. Go back to that. Is this what she saw? <laughs> hey, we should just hold that over your head for the whole episode. Just Hello. Like, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I'm a ghost. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. Did anybody get rich off of this? No. Okay. But here's another part of the story that they leave out. Once they announced, once she said, there's a miracle here, and I saw the face of Jesus on my floor, 2,500 people showed up at their house. That's This is a town of 5,000 people. 2,500 people come. And she was charging admission? She's not charging admission because she doesn't want money from this. She doesn't want... She wants to be validated for her that she has been... She's special. 
she's been chosen for a miracle and that she has this psychic ability that has been bestowed on her and this miracle has, has happened. But other people are charging money. Her kids put out a tip jar because they notice when people are going down the street to see the old Jesus rock or the uh, Mary rock, that people are leaving tips because it's a very Catholic thing, right? I mean, not tipping, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you go to this thing and then these people have been bestowed and so they've left tips. So these people also um, uh, leave tips. And uh, what's that? She is special. <laughs> She's special. There's more special going on in that picture than you probably know. <laughs> That's special. Everyone is special. So her husband, Juan, yes. is also a photographer. Juan takes pictures of some of them and begins selling his prints. So Juan is making money. The kids are making money, but it gets out of control. Twenty, you can't have twenty five hundred people coming to your house every day, right? Can't take a poop with in peace, right? Yeah, and it's, well, there might be a face there looking up out of here. So, <laughs> from the <laughs> so they're everywhere. So, Juan, now this makes sense. Destroys the floor because he's like, this is over. We're done with the ghost faces. I'm done with it, right? Yeah. Pours the new concrete floor. Then the faces come back. Because the kids are still doing it, well, yeah. right? That's when the mayor and the city steps in because the tourism is killing the town. It's not a thing it's like... It's not a good thing? No. Oh. Because, I mean, imagine if in your town, another 50% of people show up in your poor town. There's nowhere to eat. There's nowhere to... There's nothing... You know what I mean? They are overrun. And they are not smart enough to figure out how to monetize They're that. They're not monetizing it right. Yeah. So the thing mm -hmm. is, is that everybody involved in this story, if you go through and look at it, all the people that said this is a real event all gained financially, benefited financially from their thing. So like when they, Professor Bender, when he came over, sure. that guy toured around. I mean, he did speeches on, on uh, paranormal events and stuff. He was, he was a famous paranormal professor. The people that came in in 2014 that said, we can't reproduce this, we have no way of doing it, they were a TV show. Their ratings went through the roof. Of course, yeah. You know, so so that's the thing is that all these people that stepped in were making a little bit of money off the thing. But Maria Camara was not in the business of making money. She herself, thats she never wanted to do this for the money. She wanted validation. You know? Poor Maria. So here's Bender... He's just getting rich, and she's like, oh, my God, I have 2,500 house guests. Right. Right? It's, yeah, it's just too much, yeah. Yeah. And they all want to use her bathroom. It's probably a hole in the ground anyway, but, you know. Wait, wait, this is 1900s? 19... This is 1971. Oh, she's probably got a toilet, yeah. Mm, I mean, but, I mean, this is such a poor area. I mean, I don't know if they have indoor plumbing. In Belmez. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah. I'm not being funny. I just don't know. But that's the thing is that I think what happened is I think she got caught up in this thing that became bigger than what they were doing. Yeah. Right. I think it was a fun thing. I think they played a trick on the mom. Then people came, they made a little money. Then it just kept going and then there wasn't a way out. So even if she did in her life at some point find out that it wasn't real anymore, there's no way to, to bow out of it. Right. It is such, no a, way to get out of such a long game with no end in sight. Right. No reason. Now, there was one interesting part 
uh, is that Maria did eventually pass away. And when she passed away, everybody was like, I think the, I mean, because if your theory, if your real theory is thoughtography and that Maria is a psychic and she's connecting with spirits and she's projecting the image of spirits onto her own kitchen floor for years. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this throughout her lifetime, more than 500 faces appeared. What? Yeah. So it wasn't just like one face or two faces, 500. Okay. You know, she was wasting all of her pig lard on drawing pictures on the floor. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, no. Maria seems to have found an untimely fate there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they found so many faces, right? And so when Maria died, they thought this is the end of it, you know? Yeah. But it wasn't the end of it. More faces appeared. They appeared on the walls. They appeared everywhere. Are they still living there, the other people? They were still living there. The rest yeah. of the family was living there. And, again, if you take a look at what the original faces look like, you know, the new faces did not look like this. The new faces look like very, very good artwork that you would see, like an illustration. They look great. Mm. And so <clears throat> people came to study those, and <clears throat> excuse me, they immediately were like, Whoa, this is 100% fake. This is lead paint. We know what this is. And the kids were busted. They were like, oh, yeah, we did these. But we didn't do the other ones, you know. That's always a hard sell when you get caught doing something but not the rest. You know what I mean? You go, well, yeah, we faked some of them but not all of them. Uh, so that's unfortunate. That's a, yeah. a big thing in UFO. Uh, people say, you know, they get caught faking a UFO picture and they go, well, we saw a real one. And we just wanted more pictures, so then we faked the later ones. So, it's but your credibility is kind of shot at that point. So, anyway, um, the one thing I wanted to mention is uh, this one book that was um, published, and it was called La Caras de Belmez, the Faces of Belmez, right? Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> this was the guys that really did the in depth. This is kind of like the the overall study of this case. And uh, Kares, in this sense, has two meanings. Kares, in Spanish, means faces, but it also has a slang term. And the slang term is scoundrels. So the book is The Faces of Belmez, but it's kind of a nod and a wink, if you know slang, which I don't, I just read a thing that explained this to me, that's, uh, that's also the scoundrels of Belmez. And so that is unfortunately kind of the reality is that it seems like this was a, a practical joke that probably got out of hand at some point. And um, what's that? The uh... That's kooky. So this story is kooky, right? They made up a bunch of the crap. Yeah. They're scoundrels because I ran out of space. BS. Okay. I'm already saying, I'm already calling a BS on this. Well, that was, you know, something that we were going to do on the show was yeah. say if the show, if the um, story was uh, kooky, spooky, or, or full of dookie. Oh. And well, I think this one's all three. I mean, it could be spooky. I, uh, <clears throat> but more... I'm telling you this. Look at this. When I was, you know, six-year-old, seven-year-old me flipping through this book, and I saw this and thought there's a possibility that these faces might appear on my kitchen floor someday. I mean, that was spooky. That was spooky to me. It was you thought very, this was going to happen to you? I remember going, like as a kid, getting up in the middle of the night to go 
get milk or something and then looking at the tile on our floor to make sure there weren't faces appearing on it. That is so sad. Well, I don't believe in censoring kids. I believe if you're old enough to read it, then you should be able to. Yeah. But also, it's a little bit of a dookie. Yeah, it is. It is a little (laughs) dookie on this one. So that's the story of the faces of Belmez. Um, You know, I mean, the takeaway for me, the big takeaway, I think, for this one is that the, the, it's almost like a, I mean, it was a real event, quote unquote, but it's a real story, right? But it's almost like a ghost tale in that it has morphed and changed over time, which you really can't do on a true story. You can't keep adding facts, you know, like the thing like, oh, it was some bones. Oh, no, it was skeletons. Oh, it was headless skeletons. Oh, it was a specific family. Like, you can't keep changing the story. You know what I mean? I I didn't really get into it, but uh, this part of, of Belmez, it says this town's over 700 years old. Uh, I mean, it's it was built on a place where there were wars and battles. They said if you dig up anybody's house in Belmez, you're going to find bones. There's bones everywhere. They said the whole town is built on... Things where there's bones, you know, so um, it's a completely unsurprising. But as the story has morphed over time, you know, and this is an example, I think of a. The reason why this is such a kooky tale to me is because you got that that the tale, right? I mean, to me, if I ever, if anybody ever asked me about the faces of Belmez, I'm going to tell them it was an old grandma, which it wasn't, who was holding her grandbaby, which she wasn't, and she looked on the floor and saw these faces which is not how she saw them, and they changed, which they didn't, and that there was no scientific explanation ever given, which there was. So every part of the story has been disproven or changed over time, but mm-hmm. to me, in my heart, that story is the original story that I read when I was a kid. Right, and so you know there will be faces in our tile in the next day. Those <laughs> are not on the toilet. I can't do it. I can't do it. Get up from the toilet and see the face in there. I mean, you said you shouldn't have said it. All right. Well, that is the end of this uh, kooky tale. Um, next week, I don't have a story lined up for next week. So, do you have any requests? Um, I mean, a style. Okay. Type? So you know I love UFO stories, right? Yes. Um, I want one that I haven't heard before. That's that feels real. Like I want you to scare the dick. Actually, not scare. I want scare the what? The dickens out of me. Well, you just talked. Oh me. yeah, that's true. Uh, I want a realistic UFO story. Okay. And I will make drinks. Uh, this time, this morning, we're having coffee, but I'm going to do an alien drink. Okay. So we'll have an alien themed drink next time. I will bring you a UFO kooky tale that will scare the dick dickens out of you. All right. Yeah. So hey. Thanks for uh, listening. If you want to follow us, uh, if you're not watching the video, you can see this on YouTube under Kooky Tales Podcast. You can also find it on Apple iTunes or uh, uh, Apple Podcast or iTunes. Uh, just look for Kooky Tales Podcast. We're also on Instagram, so I'll be posting pictures. I'll post pictures of the Belmez faces and Maria and some other stuff from the case that I found this week and some of... You can always see some of Susan's drawings if you didn't... If you don't... Uh, if you just listen to the audio version and don't watch... The YouTube uh, feed, then you can go to Instagram and I'll put a couple of her highlighted photos and not the one of the dookie. I don't know. I'll find maybe that one of Maria and her magic powers of Jesus on the floor. 
That's a pretty good drawing. That's not bad. Also, the one where where she was cooking the pork fat. That was good. <clears throat> pork fat. Always a plus. So, Hey, thanks yeah. everybody for listening. We will see you again next Monday for episode three of Cooking Tales Podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. All right. Oh, my gosh. Do you want a <laughs> scary alien story? Realistic, though. Not some pile of crap like today's. What about this <laughs> boy who found a an alien in the shed and, and he was like Elliot and out Ding. and they called the BT oh my lord <laughs> so uh, sad to see will there be Reese's Pieces uh, sugar free <laughs> oh no no speaking of dookie alright